spirit. The spirit already had something to descend on you. But if you keep receiving the world's rules and the world's definition, then you're not prospering because you are working and you are cranking out for the world. You're not cranking it out for the mission of God. That's why I'm so thankful for the wisdom tabernacle table we're establishing this year. We've got people here who have decided to give it all up. And they say, I'm doing this for the Lord. I'm not worried about what's going on. I'm just going to give this business to the Lord. And I'm going to let him change it to his dial. Not to our worldly understanding. But to how he wants to. And in that change, he's going to change your soul. And you're going to experience those things. It's an ongoing process. A state of success and well-being. In every area of your life. That means spiritually. That means emotionally, that means physically, and that also means materially. I'm telling you, that's, that is a part where people are, are afraid to cross over. They think they have to suffer to be in a place with God. God says, I am with you, and he has asked us to be balanced. There is a balance of maintaining our relationship with him because he's always doing a work. Do you know what I mean? We want to get to this level of comfort and never grow again. He says, no, I'm going to move you to a level and I need you to prosper there. Then I'm going to move you to the next level. We've got to, and that's expansion. That's expansion. He trusts you. It's the word says, if you can take care of something that's what? Small and little, he'll bring you what? He's going to bring you something larger. He's going to expand you into bigger territory. He's going to expand your borders. So God wants us to prosper. Prosperity is not the end in itself. Okay, that is really, prosperity is not the end. Come on. How many of us experience a great blessing and they were like, I'm going to ride that. I have done that. I mean, come on. I have done that. I'm laughing because we kind of say, I, we have decided what the prosperity watermark is in our life. You know what I mean? And Jesus standing up there and he puts, he wants to test the water level. Do you know what I mean? He drops a plumb line. But what is, he's waiting to see, are you ready to go up to the next what? Level. Are you ready to go to the next expansion? We have to be ready to go to the next expansion. We can't ever stop because he wants to prove how awesome a God he is in our life. And you know what? When, when you get used to this, man, you can see the trials and everything coming and you just like, all right, I know what he's doing. I know what he's doing. I know what he's doing. So spiritual, physical, emotional material all starts with our soul. It will truly maintain the balance. It is the result of our fruit. Man, anything you see good fruit on somebody, there is something good that has processed in the soul. There is something positive that's going on. So we are not to focus on one area. He's doing something in all the realms He's constantly moving something in all the realms. Rejoice with him when you see one area advancing. And then you think you're being attacked in another area. Rejoice with him. Because he is working all the areas at the same time. All right, if you can put this up, this is awesome. I loved how the Lord gave this to me. It's so cool. Please put up John 15 verse 1. And Chris, we're going to go through eight verses together. We, our connection is so important to expansion. Who we are connected to, not who we're controlled by. 
Who that we are connected to in business is where expansion comes. And you know what? When expansion comes and you come to a connection, there are going to be some things that can't come with you in that connection. And God is going to ask you to level off some people, some places, and he's going to slow some things down because he needs to work something out. The Lord says, I am the true vine. And my father is the what? The vine dresser. Jesus is not the vine dresser. The father is the giver of all good things. Jesus is the vine. There is no business that will prosper until you connect with the what? The vine. Everybody in here has to have a relationship with Jesus. Not a knowledge of him, a knowing of him. We need the people to know him because where do you know him? In your soul. In your soul. There is such a change he's doing. And once you start knowing him in a section in your soul, I'm telling you, Satan is not happy with that. He's not happy. I, I thought this was really revelatory. People can get saved, but if you're starting to change because you're connected to the vine, well, Satan's job is to do what? Stop that. To stop that growth. Because the Father wants to be glorified in our receiving. The Father wants to be glorified when he's manifested through us as a vessel. Where does that vessel go every day? To work. <laughs> Everybody's got to go to work. We can't hide. We have to what? Step out. And we have to grow in what God has called us to do. So next verse, two. I like this. Grow with me here. We're expanding in this teaching. How many people feel expansion in their mind? Awesome. All right. Every branch in me. Every branch in me. That means just Jesus. That does not bear fruit, he takes what? Ouch. Okay. How many people, when God is processing them and they're really not producing good fruit, they take and they join another vine? They partner with another partner. They miss the partnership of the Holy Spirit. They're missing the partnership. We've been given the Holy Spirit to be directly connected so we can have a relationship with Jesus, so we can experience the abiding love of the Father. Man, Satan is so into this. He prostitutes the Holy Spirit so we never get to relationship, so we never can experience his expansion, what he really has called us to do. We doubt and we let go of that connection and we pick up another connection and he has to do what? Back away. Jesus doesn't want to back away from us. But he will, he's a gentleman. The spirit, they back away. Now, isn't that amazing? Because when we start choosing something that's not connected to him, man, you don't feel it right away. Come on, it's like eating a, the best candy bar at the best time of day, like three to five in the afternoon. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And you feel terrible by dinner because you ate that candy bar. At least that's how I am. I can go steal. Uh, Francis! Love Francis. She used to keep, um, she used to keep uh, M&Ms in her desk. She would come in, and sometimes that bag was empty. <laughs> I know, yeah. There are days where you just feel like you have to have it, right? And you take it at the worst time, and the moment you're done, you don't feel very good, especially a woman. I don't know about you guys, but come on, women, right? We can gobble down some chocolate and then feel guilty about it later. So, but every branch that does not bear fruit, he does what? Okay, so we're going to really hit that pruning thing. Now, keep in mind, he, for, when it says every branch in me, 
that does not bear fruit, he takes away. But every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. That sounds like the same thing, doesn't it? It sounds like the same thing. If we're not even connected to him, he can't even do anything with your, he can't do anything. You've given him the right not to be involved because you didn't stay connected. But if you stay connected, he says, I'm still going to do what? Prune you. Let me tell you, in business, we have gone through such a tough economy. Okay? I believe God is with us. I believe God is in that economy because he tries to prune his best. Those who can find the peace of God in their soul during the pruning is going to bear much fruit. Okay? But he tells us that bearing the fruit, he does what? He prunes so that it can what? Bear more fruit. He wants expansion. He wants expansion. It's his way. He's not changed his way. He does the same thing he did yesterday, today, and what he plans for the future. There is an order of things that when you connect to it, you're not being freaked out when your pruning's happening. I know there are people that have been called into this place and pruning has been happening. And they've been asked to do things like stop their ministry, do this, to spend more time with him, blah, 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 blah. And then what happens? Ouch. Because if you feel ouch, that means it was time for the pruning because it was feeding you. It wasn't taking care of his people. It was feeding, it was making your soul feel better because your soul has to be renewed and your soul is to be at peace. All right. So sometimes we feed ourselves something that's not really, that's not really taking care of Christ. Okay. Sometimes we do that. We're human. We're growing and learning this. I mean, I think I know, I know people sitting in their seats that have gone through and tried to expand a business without them. And the pruning really hurts because they think that he put them out there, but they, they didn't stay connected. They didn't get connected. So you know you started reconnecting when the pruning happened. You get what I'm saying? Satan, he can build something up. But the sign that it's God is he's what? He's going to prune the growth. He's going to prune that growth. I love that. Next verse. It says, you are already clean. All right. I don't want anybody coming up. I messed up. This is I'm not a good person. But how much have we done that? Uh, my, your soul, the enemy attacks your soul and says, you are not clean. If you messed up and you're being pruned, that means I'm being punished. You're not. You are already clean. I want to hear everybody. I'm clean. Okay. Because he wants to cleanse the soul through the washing of his word. Because of the word which I have spoken to you. That means every word, every cleansing of your soul with the word becomes eternal life in your soul. Do you know we're going to have eternal life in, when we go to heaven and we're to look forward to that? But you know he said that we can have eternal life abundantly now by one word, washing your soul, one word at a time, your sickness leaves. One word at a time. Your prosperity comes in emotions. Your prosperity comes in your physical health. Your prosperity comes in your material wealth. Things happen. You know what people don't want to do? They don't want to go through the pruning. Man, Satan's so good with throwing the lifesaver. So you'll take the lifesaver instead of the pruning he has not finished. And you know, it's so important that we recognize that. Next verse. Connecting, connection, connection. What do they say in real estate? Location, location, location. What do they say in business? Network, network, network. Your main network is connecting to Jesus, the vine. He said, abide in me and I in you. 
as the branch cannot bear fruit itself. That means, think about that. If I am cut off from the vine and I'm in the world and I'm trying to produce using the things I think that make me so wonderful, right? The, I need that word. <laughs> Did it just die? Oh, okay. I was like, oh, right at the good part, right? As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. It can't do it. You can't cut off a tree. Boom. Take that branch. You cannot plant it. It cannot grow back. Do you know what I'm saying? Hey, there's some plants you could slice off and it can recreate roots. But think about it. When you talk about a tree and you cut that tree branch when it's all brittly and worn out, it's not gonna, you're not going to bear it and produce. Unless it abides in the vine. Think about how many times we've been withered, worn out, and we can be that little plant that the little root starts growing out when you put it in water. Rachel does this. She has this plant. She keeps cutting off. She keeps putting in a glass. And it starts new roots. Okay, so if you are saved and born again, man, it doesn't make a difference how many times you get cut. There is a maturity. There's a growth. There's a reconnect that happens. Hey, how many people reaffirm their heart to Christ? I do all the time. You know what I mean? Because it's reaffirming. It's reconnecting. It's reminding us that we have to abide in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So there is no substance. There is no true connection if you can't hold on with him. He wants you to hold on with him and say, let me show you how I'm going to expand. So it's going to come through pruning. Next verse. Soul shifters, Monday at 530. <laughs> you know, we are going, I'm going to tell you, the enemy is attacking our media. You know what I mean? There's been so much growth in this place. It is funny. It's cute how the enemy is attacking our media. It says, I am I." I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do what? Nothing. That is the truth. Next verse. We got two more, Chris. If anyone does not abide in me, he is what? Cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into a what? Fire. And they are burning. I'm telling you, if you got the love of the Holy Spirit, the heart of God in you, and you disconnect from the branch, watch the flames. Do you know what I'm saying? He is going to, his love is a consuming fire. He's not trying to kill you. He's trying to what? Purify you, to purify you. Next verse. If you abide in me, and now my words abide in you, you will do what? Ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Last year, all we talked about was vision and business, vision and business, vision and business. And I'm telling you, if you have committed that vision to God and you are going to stick with it, he is going to start a movement. He's going to start renewing your soul. And as you get, you abide in him. And these words of the Lord start manifesting in your soul. Do you know, he, you can ask what you desire. He is going to do it for you. But you don't expect it. Don't always expect it the next day. Okay, he is going to process that word to be eternal in your life. That means it will always, it'll be everlasting. It will work. Last verse. By this, my father is what? Glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. All right. Who in here is a disciple of Christ? Great. I love watching y'all go through the pruning. I like it when you watch me go through the pruning. I like the growing process of expansion. Now, when I was meditating on this, the Lord showed me how he is with us. How many times does it feel like he's not with you in the pruning? Okay. You feel like he has withdrawn. 
Well, I'm going to tell you, I love the word myrtle. Have, you know, all, we, I moved to Georgia, and one of the prettiest trees I saw when I drove down the street was a myrtle tree. And, you know, I love the name Myrtle because my aunt's name, my great aunt who was Myrtle, Myrtle walked in. She was really, her first name was really Hannah, but her middle name was Myrtle, but everybody called her Myrtle the Turtle. You know, she's cute. I would go to her old age home, and she'd have a little igloo on her door, and it would say Myrtle's igloo. You know what I mean? She had such a cute personality, and I thought the name Myrtle was so cool. I remember the first time the Lord gave me the revelation of the Myrtle tree in the Bible. I need Zechariah. Verse, chapter 1, verse 8. And the Lord really put it in my heart because one thing says I was driving in Savannah during one time of the year. I saw that they cut the myrtle trees. Come on. You know what I'm talking about? You ever see a good landscaper cut a myrtle tree? I kept thinking, wow, they killed the tree. That's the first thing I thought. Look at those beautiful trees. And it's like they, they killed the tree. Work with me on this because God looks at us like a myrtle tree. Because after a season, don't you see how beautiful the myrtle trees bloom? Aren't they beautiful after they're, they're cut so low? You think that no branch is going to come out of that. You think there's going to be no flower. You don't think there's going to be anything. And look at the beautiful puffy flower that comes out. It's so awesome. It says, I saw by night and behold, a man riding on a red horse. And it stood among the myrtle trees in the hollow. And behind him were horses. They were red, surreal, and white. Can you put the, water, the music just slightly down? Next verse. Verse 9. Then I said, my Lord, what are these? What are these? So the angel who talked with me said to me, I will show you what they are. Next verse. And the man who stood among the myrtle trees answered and said, These are the ones whom the Lord has sent to walk to and fro throughout the earth. Man, and go to the next verse. Chris, this will be the last. So I answered the angel of the Lord. I said, Who stood among the myrtle trees and said, We have walked to and fro throughout the earth. And behold, all the earth is resting quietly. Okay. Go back to verse 10. When the Lord showed me, we're like myrtle trees. We grow, and there's someone riding on a horse who is called to prune us. And the Lord is walking to and fro the myrtle trees, looking for the ones who have found his peace and has found his rest. So he walks among the myrtle trees all through the earth, looking for the earth to come to its rest in peace. Now think about it. If a myrtle tree gets cut, it also is going to what? Expand. Everybody know when they see a myrtle tree in Savannah and you see it cut? And then it, only a couple months later, it's full of new branches and, a full, and so fast. Do you see how fast it is? This is so beautiful. The man who stood among the myrtle trees answered, that's the Lord. He stood among the myrtle trees. These are the ones whom the Lord has sent to walk to and throw throughout the earth. Guess what? That's us. Isn't that beautiful? That is, everybody in here is a beautiful myrtle tree that God has got to prune to bring to another level. And he walks to and throw. We are those people that he's looking for in the earth to do what? To bless us so that we can do his work, so we can help another tree. Isn't that awesome? 
So he wants, he walks to and throw looking for that beauty. Lord is watching your growth all the time. He is walking through us right now. He is walking through your workplace. If you have dedicated your place to God, he is walking through that place and he is pruning and moving things. You know, in CE Hall next door, we never have to fire anybody. There is no such thing as firing a person. We continue to work with that person. If they leave, they leave. But we work with that person because if God brought them through the door, then there's something we're assigned to do. But yet, until we have gone through the pruning and we've gone through the vine chain, the, the, the growing through the vine, and we stay connected, he's got to help us implement the plan we ask as if we are in him and the word is in us. We got to be in that word every day. The Lord gives you a message through the word every day. Then you can ask and you will what? Receive, but you have to come into the alignment that your soul has to be pruned. Because in the pruning of your soul, the changing of the guard, then you can actually expand into that beautiful myrtle tree for the season that you're called for. Isn't that beautiful? So I like it. I, everything when God talks about a plant, a plant usually is in a garden. Well, in the New Testament, our New Testament garden is our, is our soul. Jesus wants to make a home in your soul so that he can renew the mind so then you can be the receiver of the glorification of the Father working through you. And that's so beautiful. He wants our businesses to prosper. Remember, prosperity is a result. Prosperity means, uh, keep this in mind, prosperity means to help on the road. Look at the man on the horse. The man on the horse he was checking out the myrtle trees, right? He was riding through the myrtle trees because he was the what? The pruner. The Lord wants to bless those who are willing to be pruned and to be developed to expand who he is in the business world in Savannah. And you watch who walks through your doors. Everybody who walks through our doors, it's an awesome experience. They're ready for the next move because prosperity is not an end in itself it's a result of a fruit. Oh, that's so deep. We get to levels where we think we've made it, but he's ready to go to the next level. All right. This is so awesome. The Lord said, what are the signs that you are abiding in him? I'm going I'm to give you three simple signs that you know you go through this process. All right. And I really want people to take this and hone in on this one point. A sign that you are abiding in him. Is your prayer effective? That is, does it come to pass? Remember, if you are in him and the word is in you, that means your prayer can have so much power that when you ask, you will what? Receive. Put John 14. I think it's 14. Hold on. Put John 14 verse 12. God's word says, if you have a signs of effective prayer in your life, effective prayer means you ask and you what? Receive, okay? Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, you have to believe that you're connected to the right vine. Even when the weather's beating you up, you got to believe I'm, in, I'm connected to where I'm supposed to be because I got to be pruned. The works that I do he will also do. Now that means 
If Jesus is in the New Testament garden, your soul, and he is renewing that soul, and you are prospering and producing fruit from him, that means the first sign is you're going to be doing everything he's doing. That means you're going to cast out demons. You're going to perform miracles. You're going to lay your hands on the sick. They're going to get well. And it's all going to happen in the marketplace. All right? Because God, people aren't running to churches right now. There's a lot of dirty pools. That's a whole other lesson. But God wants everybody to step into the pool where the water is stirring. Water is stirring. And that there is the right governmental order. The porches are set. That's what I love about this place. The right governmental order is in line to help people know Christ in their soul. It is in the way. People, all they have to do is step in. And when they choose to step in, your soul gets healed. You experience the prosperity of a result. So the word says, the greater works than these he will do. Okay, this is so beautiful. What are the greater works? If we're already called, if we are in him, he's in us, and we can ask him, we can receive, and if we believe in him, we can do all the things he did. Now he said there's something greater. What's that? We can actually petition. We can intercede with Jesus. We can have a relationship with him, and our prayers get answered. That is a greater work. That is a greater work. That means when we step in to who we are and who, where we're to be, Greater works will we do than Jesus because we actually get to dwell. At, I love this. We get to be pruned and we can go to the next level and we can bring the people in what they're called to do. Greater works is when we pray for another. When we pray for our businesses to expand. The wisdom tabernacle table, we're bringing business people together. They're going to receive, but they're going to they're, they're gonna pray for us. We're going to pray for them. It's going to grow because that is a greater work. Expansion is a greater work. Until we can build, a, who will, uh, Chris, who will build me a house? No, you're supposed to say Chris Battle. <laughs> we have to build and know that the first foundation of the house to build in this time is your soul. Because if your soul's doing a lot of praying, and you're asking and you're not receiving because there's some things. He'll show you some quick results. And he'll expand and show you greater results if you believe. But the first belief is you have to believe that if he's in me, I can do the things that he did. Everybody in here can produce miracles. Everybody in here can walk in the glory. Everybody here can man manifest the presence and then demonstrate it out in the marketplace. But then the greater works is how do we bring all the other people? How do we help bring in his harvest, his ingathering for Jesus? So people can experience that same prosperity. It's so beautiful how when he was walking through the myrtle trees and he said, what was the result of that? The result was rest and peace, right? It said he walked through the earth and there was rest and peace. But where is the rest and peace? In the soul. Man, if he could get us all to be so solid here, man, greater works will we do than him as we expand the knowledge of God in understanding and demonstration in the world. We will be manifesting a greater program. We will be manifesting a better result. We will prosper in all things. And you will see because prosperity is you, you helped on the road. Oh, man, isn't that beautiful? 
our jobs are to help other people on the road. Do you know what I mean? And people are so skittish about ministry. Our, our businesses are so important to be dedicated to him. All right, it's beautiful. God is glorified in our fruit bearing. The word already taught us that. So what's the second result that you're seeing? You're seeing effective prayer, but you're seeing that God, I actually have fruit that God is glorified in. When somebody comes to say, I did this, I did this, I did this, good. But when they say, God did that, God saved my marriage, God advanced my business, God increased my life in those realms of emotions, physical, God healed me from sickness. Do you get it? That's the expansion. We got to do this in the marketplace. Last thing. The third sign, the third sign through all this scripture that you abide in him, you are connected, is that we actually demonstrate our relationship with Jesus Christ. Meaning, what's a demonstration of Jesus Christ? He already said we're going to do everything he did. So what's a greater work? The demonstration of the fullness of his joy. How many people go to work and they're happy? Come on, we demonstrate our relationship with Christ when we are so full of him and abiding in him, no matter what's getting pruned, they see our, they see our joy. Now, come on, that is prosperity. And I'm going to tell you, if you do this, you will prosper physically, you'll prosper emotionally, and you'll prosper materially. Okay, the enemy has done a good job prostituting what is the prosperity message. I just gave you the prosperity message because it's okay to have. But if that is all you're going to look at and not be balanced, if you're not, come on, how many people know when they're in balance, off balance? How do you know that? You're begging to God to take care of something emotionally. You're begging God to take care of something physically. You're begging God to take care of, and you haven't even asked him what's wrong with my soul. Because once you get the soul right, the health is all right. Once you get the soul right, the emotions are balanced. Once you get the soul right, you start producing materially. It's so beautiful. We actually demonstrate a, religious, a relationship with Jesus Christ. When you're in a love relationship, you are skipping out the door. And it doesn't make a difference. That person, when you're in love, that person could do something so bad, but you're still running to them. Come on, come on. If anybody's in here had an affair with love, do you know what I mean? You are skipping out to those things. So our joy becomes full through the expansion of Jesus Christ within us, who is with us. And that's what we've got to get right in the marketplace. We have to make that the center of all of our businesses. Isn't that awesome? Okay, now here, I'm going to back this up. This is so awesome. I can't show you something and not have proof of it. Put up. I have two verses. And then we're going to go into a testimony. 3 John, verse 3 and 4, you can put them together. I love this. I love love. Don't you just love his love? It just makes you just want to kiss everybody till they get it, you know? That's how I am. Right. We need to be in that relationship with the word. I like it. For I rejoice greatly. Now, this is, the Lord is saying this. He rejoices greatly, greatly when brethren come and do what? testify. Oh my God, I want to cry. When we testify of the truth that is in you, he is so excited when we take it to the next level. 
We take it out to the bit. We get our soul renewed. We take it out to our business. We experience material, physical, emotional, spiritual change. He needs you to do what? Testify. He is so glorified in your testimony of change. He says, of the truth that was in you. Who's in you? Christ. And if the word is in your soul, man, you can't help but not want to testify for the glory of God. That's how you know. That's a sign. Am I connected to the, to, to the vine? I'm being connected. It says, just as you walk in the truth, I have no greater what? Joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. And today we're going to hear a testimony about a business that connected to Christ. And in that business, when they connected to Christ, they were drawn to this ministry outside these doors. Outside. This is, this is a hub. This is a place to grow and learn. But you got to take that learning home to your own altar. you got to grow with God. This couple actually did that. And when they did it, the expansion of their business is so touching. But something in the soul had to be renewed. So our, our brethren is going to stand up and they're going to testify of the truth that had been developing in them and how their soul got renewed and how their business expanded. Come on up, Shauna. This is Shauna's not, she's, I'm warming her up. Okay. Oh, duh. I know, don't, it's okay. Do you want a handheld or do you want this? It doesn't matter. Okay. You were on the way. So I spend my days talking to people one-on-one -on -one because I'm a counselor. And so, no? Okay. So I spend my days talking one-on-one -on -one to people because I'm a licensed clinical social worker. And, um, so I, I'm not used to, well, I do speak in front of people, but I haven't given my testimony before. Actually, the only other time I've been asked to give my testimony was because Cameron and I's life has become so balanced. Um, our, the pastor at our church was, uh, doing a series on balance and they had asked me to give my testimony on the balance that we have found in our lives. Um, so Today I will share my business testimony, and it is it's really beautiful. I, um, like I said, I'm a licensed clinical social worker, and I have a private practice in Jessup, which is about an hour and a half from here. And for ten years, I grew my practice um, very slowly through um, having babies and just having my practice grow. Um, and I'm I believe all the while that I was a very, a very effective counselor, but in um, at a time, Cameron and I met Lee, and we really started growing. And the funny thing is that I did hospice work for probably four years when I was younger. And I would tell people all the time, the thing that led me to the beginning of my testimony is that I would always catch myself saying, oh, I get so much spirituality from my work. You know, I'm with people who are dying every day. What's more spiritual than that? They're so connected. But I was in a very dark place, and I was so unaware of it. I didn't even know the truth. Um, from there, I grew my private practice, and 
I started to see that, you know, I was very effective in helping people and people were drawn to the word that I did give them. When I started growing, uh, I started learning things from a new perspective. And, you know, in the past, I, I knew what I could do. I knew what I was capable of. I have a master's degree. I have all these things, you know, I'm going to try to incorporate what Lee taught because it's so powerful in that um, I knew what I was capable of. I knew what I could do to help people. I knew what my theory taught me, and I knew how that I'm good with people. I can help people. I can help them on that road all day long. But um, I started growing and changing, and the first thing I did was uh, humble myself to, I, learned, I started learning how to surrender and to submit. And I was sitting in my office one day, and I was like, I have to surrender to my schedule. This, my schedule had complete control over me. If my schedule was full, I knew I could make this work, and I, I knew I could make that work. Um, and I, it was just it overcome me. It consumed me. And so I said, you know, I have to surrender my schedule to him. And when I did that, the most beautiful things started happening. I had a one-room a one office, and um, people would just show up at the time. Like, somebody can't. So my... Clearly, I work through appointments, and I'm only one person. So if somebody didn't show up, there was just me there. People would show up. Even family members would show up, and they needed to talk to me. And there was healing that happened during that time when somebody had canceled. So in the past, I would have said, oh, my goodness, you know, let me see who I can work into that place. Um, let me see who needs me, who needs me, who needs me, because I was the one thinking I could do it all. So then I started just seeing either a phone call came through that would lead to expansion of my business or a person would just show up at my door. Um, it was truly amazing the way that that happened. So that was my initial surrender. And, you know, through um, the work that and the learning that we've done through this ministry, we've learned to... Um, you know, I think that my favorite process is that the spirit and the soul align. My soul had to change because I felt like I had to be in control. And um, so the the story of my business now is that it is now anchored in wellness. And I have a expanded my practice into uh, a building where I have two other counselors. I have a massage therapist. I have um, natural healing that I sell. And it all, anybody who knows me was, you know, I, I opened November was a year ago. Prior to that, I would tell everybody, I'm going to have a building one day. I'm going to have a, you know, I'm going to expand my business one day. And, and this is my plan. I'm going to sell my house and then I'm going to build a business. So that was my plan and it was Shauna's plan. It was Cameron's plan too, but it was really my plan. So um, Cameron and I had some significant um, career changes that we were looking at even prior to this. November of 2014, we were looking at, he was looking at a job and we were really growing and he went to, um, we sought counsel because we did not know how to make godly decisions and we were, we taught, we were taught how to fast. And so we started our first fast together and it was to find peace in a decision about his career. And um, we were excited. I mean, I had done all the work until the fast. And so we started fasting. 
and um, immediately we didn't feel peace. And um, we were like, what is this supposed to happen? We're supposed to move. We have all these plans. And um, we just never fell to peace. And so that job did not happen for him because we would have had to move. And um, he he then, or, or two weeks later, my grandmother fell and broke her hip. And it was it was clear that we were supposed to move into a new area of our life where we became caregivers, and we have been ever since. So if we had had our will come and had all our plans come into fruition, we would have never experienced our true purpose. But we fasted, and we got our answer, and so we stayed here. Um, throughout the whole year of 2015, it was such a trial, and I truly, I prayed and gave him all the glory while I was taking care of my grandmother, and she died last Christmas. Christmas was a year ago, so, and now we take care of my grandfather, but um, through all of that, I remember just being so humbled. I would listen to the word at night. I would listen to music at night and just try to calm my spirit, and I think that's where my soul change came, was in the midst of a year-long trial of watching somebody that I love very much hurt and my soul just shifted and I have such a peace no matter what trial comes I just embrace it because I know that what's coming at me is going to grow me so um, we learned how to fast and through that year in several different fasts you know we 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 were just amazed by his power fall of 2000 15, we had entered into another fast, and, and I just, you know, you talk about praying and wanting things to happen. I, I'm, I just don't ask for things when I pray. I just seek Him to give me whatever I'm meant to have. And so during this fast in particular, I was just in a place where I was like, I don't want anything. I don't want anything. I just want you and me. I want to work through you. So Cameron and I were running, and actually, I never ran with him, but he um, I was on my path and he, I found him somehow. This was just God. So I found him and he said, let me run the rest of the way with you. And we were running up Orange Street, which is a, a main street in, um, in Jessup. And he, he never ran with me that much, but I always prayed on Orange Street because that was where I owned a property. And so whenever I ran, I would pray for that property and I would say, whatever your will is, you know, I want it to be, even though I have my plan still. My plan was still, I'll sell my house and then I'll build a business. So I was um, on that road and I said, Cameron, you have to pray for my, for my property right there. And he was like, what? And I said, this is what I do. And he didn't know that about me. At that time, we were not as spiritually intimate as we are now. So, um, I said, pray for that, and he did, and he said, you know, Shawna, this fast, you don't really have a purpose in this fast, but you need to fast for your business. I said, okay. So right then, it just, the, it came to me that my my plan was not his plan, and I, I knew that I was out of order in, I sell my house, I build my business. So I said, right then, I, I committed to then, I committed right then within my fast that I would walk through any door he opened for me. And I said, I will, you know, and then my question was, was he just going to make this happen or do I have to make it happen? You know, how does that, how does that work? And so um, I said, okay, I will make the phone calls and any door you open for me within my business, I will walk through it. 
and I completely gave it to him. We had not sold our house at that time. This was uh, maybe August or September of 15. November 20th of 2015, I opened my office. It happened. And um, from, I, I just started making phone calls and doors were open. Nobody was hesitant to go in partnership with me, the other counselor. I had begged her for years to um, be in practice with me. And she, every time, no, I'm not ready, I'm not ready, because she had stopped to have her children. And uh, this time, she said yes, and I knew that that was a sign that um, that was a door that I should walk through because it was just so beautiful. Nobody said no. Now, today, the people that are in my office may not be the same people that got me started because, like Lee said, if, you know, nobody, I haven't fired anybody but there have been people that came and went for different reasons. They were there for a purpose, whether it was their personal purpose or for my business purpose. But I'm in the way of the people that I have there today. We are growing. Um, so, you know, sometimes people come in and I'm able to share my testimony with them in front of my office manager. She's growing. Um, my staff is growing. I have very spiritually connected people, and that's how I pick my staff. So it was just beautiful how it all came along through a fast. Um, last year, I experienced some fear in, um, in expansion. And so Lizzie and I, she's my massage therapist, we prayed. And she said, Shauna, you have to just not be fearful. You have to move forward. And so I did my year anniversary ribbon cutting. And I'm seeing huge expansion even from then. So it's just really beautiful. Yeah. Hold on for a second. The one thing that she did is she renewed her soul. And the most important part of the testimony is when she chose to, in 2014, in the transition from 13 to 14, to care give for her mother, God renewed her mind in unforgiveness. Mm -hmm. That's part. Mm -hmm. that, that opened the doors, was the renewal of her mind. Do you want to tell that? Mm -hmm. Okay, go ahead. Um, I don't. I don't know exactly where to start, but my um, there were, a, I guess, a generational cycle of family issues that were maybe I had unforgiveness toward people who um, did or didn't help me be a caregiver. And I was really struggling at a time. Lee came to visit us at the perfect time one Easter, and I was really struggling, and she said, you have to, whenever you have an issue like that, you ha it has to be buried and resurrected, and then it will grow and move forward. And I've seen that over and over again. I was able to um, really move through a lot of, of that w while taking care of my grandmother. And we just feel like um, everything, every place we are is where we're led to be in that moment. And um, I don't know how to, else to describe that. What I thought was so powerful is one of the things that manifested was she realized there is unforgiveness in her family mm -hmm. with your mom, with your, and she was so concerned that unforgiveness would not affect your daughter. Yes. That was the key. This is where it really shifted is there was a renewing. Her soul started because her soul prospered. The health in the family, the connection with business, that, my, and my yeah. mom actually moved back to town. I mean, I had not had 
we hadn't had a lot of communication for quite a few years, and I had worked through this with Lee, and actually, um, my massage therapist does a, a form of somatic emotional release, which is where you're able to release things through your body, your mind, your spirit, everything. And so um, she worked with me with my grief. We're very spiritually connected, and so she allowed me to see that I was holding on to things for my daughter that were a result of my mother and listening to or taking care of. My grandmother had dementia, so she was not with us for quite a few years, even before the end for her. But um, I've been able to, you know, believe that I'm a good mom and that I'm not negatively impacting my daughter and that um, there's just a lot of truth in that. And I can have my kids, you know, serve God's kingdom in a whole new way because um, because of what I process through with the help of Lee, with the help of Lizzie. But all, all in all, I asked for help. I said, I have to do this. I have to do this for me, for my business, for my family. And I asked for help and went through a lot of emotional healing in 2016 so that I, I, I didn't have to submit to that fear. I could overcome it and um, not allow it to stop my growth. Right. The funny thing is this morning I, I got to the office and I saw some of my plants had died. The fact that you're talking about plants, you know, I have all these uh, an analogies to plants, but my pretty little plants that had died in the frost a couple of weeks ago, um, I said, you know, I have to cut those back because they're ugly. Well, there's a couple that had sprouted up new plants, and so I was able to cut around them, and they're so beautiful. And then I had two potted plants that I tried to save, and they were back in my garage. And um, the garage is what I'm praying about right now because I'm growing so much that I may have to um, dry that in for two more offices, which is amazing. And so uh, I went back there to water those plants and see how they were doing. And when you started talking, I was like, expansion my plants, you know, that's where I'm supposed to be. That's what I'm supposed to be praying about. And I didn't know where the fast that I'm doing right now was going to carry me, but there's always a word that's given to you. And I think that's it for me, that that's what I'm supposed to be focusing on. Um, we, we had some friends pray over us Sunday and they gave us words that were so beautiful and so powerful and they, they're all relative to what I just told you. So it's just, um, I allow my mind to be open to new awareness and whatever he's going to give me in that moment, even if I don't like it, I know that it's him. I have no doubt. And um, that's a beautiful place to be where you know you can grow in that. That's an awesome testimony. That is an awesome testimony. I asked Shauna to share it because it was over a course of 2014 to today. But if it wasn't for her soul getting renewed, delivered, healed from unforgiveness of a generational curse. God could never take her where she had been today. It changed the relationship with her and her husband. It changed the relationship with her children. And then the desire of her heart. Remember, the prayers of a righteous person, are they are effective. They started manifesting and manifesting. And it's like amazing how she started using these, the, the visions in her, in her um, wellness center. And she uses the spot visions, which have, I remember the first time I showed her the spot vision book in 2013, she looked at me and she was like, oh, I'm a counselor. I get all this. Then she calls me a couple of weeks later and she says, I, I think I have to get delivered. 
I'm counseling people and I don't think I'm delivered from this. She was so honest. And then she asked me to come and sit with her at Jamie's house during a boating thing. And we just sat and went through the, the unforgiveness, shame and rejection. But it wasn't until later that the revelation of the unforgiveness didn't come because somebody pointed it out. It came because the Lord, he walked among the myrtle trees. He pointed one out. He said, I'm going to prune her so she can know what she's got to be renewed in her soul. So I can expand the desire of her heart, which was her business. And not only did he expand her business, he balanced her physically healing, emotional healing, even in her marriage, her marriages, they are awesome. They are serving the Lord. They are advancing the kingdom. And then her materially, do you know what the so awesome thing is? God has been really working on Cameron. He started sending Cameron homeless people. That's another part of their testimony. After the business expanded, homeless people would show up. And God would show her and Cameron exactly what to do with that homeless pe people. Do you see how she is prospering? She is helping people along the road. She is actually, she prospered in her soul. And she is seeing true prosperity, the true results of him working in her. The word her abiding in the word. And now what she asks, she is receiving because she trusts and believes in him. She's staying connected to the vine. Isn't that awesome? So can you please put up the Kingdom Life Ministries, the Wisdom Tabernacle Table? I'm going to, this is a new ministry we're expanding where there are certain people that, and I'm going to, some of you are here, so I'm asking you to stand. I want to honor these people because this was Shauna's testimony. But other people on this bubble have had a testimony of expansion in their business because they've allowed the soul to be changed. If you look up here, it says Kingdom Life Ministries, Apostolic. It is a business table, a council to direct steps. We have Jessup Wellness Center, Shauna. She has fruits. She has results. I need her on a wisdom council. Okay. Then we have here, Stephen McKinney, stand up. Steve McKenney came in this minute. He's got a testimony just like Shauna, where God has pruned him and he's expanding him. His testimony is awesome too. And so every week we're going to have one of them give their testimony. And then we have Preston Laird. He is not here, but let me tell you, he is awesome. God, I'm telling you, the Lord rides through the field of myrtle trees and he's going to find the people that he is going to use to expand his kingdom. And it's going to be in business. We have Ray Rosario. Ray, come up here for a second. I just have to bring Ray up here. I got to hug him. This man, I think maybe has missed in the past five or six years. Only a couple, only a couple. I have to, he has been with this since the beginning. And I've got to honor Charlie Brown, one of my trained to reign evangelists. Stand up, Charlie Brown, right? Charlie Brown and Charlena, that is a marriage made in heaven because he is a trained to reign evangelist. He brings the business people in here. He brings, he brings political people in here. He brings people in here. So we just thank Ray because Ray has been with us since the beginning. And Ray truly has learned ups and downs, ups and downs. But every time he came, he was able to receive something of this word. So thank you, Ray. All right, then we have, oh, 
Then we have, are you wearing my favorite sneakers? This girl, this girl brought me a pair of these little red sneakers. I love them. But anyway, this is Kim McCarthy. Kim McCarthy is so beautiful. She is truly, God has given her such a plan for her life here in the Savannah. And let me tell you how magical that was. She got assigned to Savannah, never wanting to leave the same hometown of Philadelphia. But God has stepped, directed her steps in all the ways. And this is a year of expansion for her for a new business. So we're going to be praying for Kim. So we just thank her. And then we have Dr. Graham, who's not here today, but he has a dental office and a wellness center. And they've been with our ministry for years and have experienced as many changes. And then I'd like to honor our newest but awesome couple, Curtis and Monica. Come on up here for a second. Come on, you two. At least stand up and honor the Lord. Stand up. Honor the Lord. These guys are one. These guys are one. Don't they look cute? Hug each other. Come on. There we go. Praise God. I get so excited. Monica's going to be sitting on the council because she has an insurance company. She actually has started to apply these, these, this, these principles to her soul. And I'm going to tell you, just hug on Monica when you see her because this girl is doing it. She is letting her soul get pruned. You know what I mean? And when you see her, you just see, you, you can see the full mortal tree coming out of the two of them. So I just honor God because as you're going through this process, it doesn't always what? Feel good. Her testimony told it. She went through that whole year of renewing her mind in unforgiveness. But look at, the, look at the, what it produced. So I just have to thank and honor everybody that comes to Train to Rain. If you know anybody that's in business that wants to come this year, because every teaching will deal with expansion. Expansion of the soul. We're going really, to really cultivate this garden for the Father to be glorified. So I just thank you. Does anybody have any questions? Or, Gene, do you have anything you want to say? Come on down. Yeah, was, as uh, my own, as I was um, listening to Lee, you know, my hand starts writing. So I need to get this out. It takes about 10 minutes. So these little nuggets. He said, God is seeking. He said, I am seeking apostolic businesses. Now, apostolic means acceleration. So we do ordination here uh, for ministers and stuff like that. But I think the Lord is leading me this year also to ordain apostolic business leaders. Because what happens when the apostolic spirit comes on you, everything begins to accelerate. It just accelerates. But there's a process before that apostolic spirit is released. And Lee's on track with this because she said, we're going to renew the mind a little bit. We're going to start getting in this soul and getting this soul to where it's thinking about God and what God wants to do in business instead of what we want to do in business. Um, but he said, it's a, an apostolic business is a pioneering business through executive divine directives. And that's what the apostolic table is going to be about. This wisdom table that we're putting together. Um, God gives us such wisdom to be able to run business not as usual. We, if, if you're in this place, God has hand-selected you out of the marketplace to have an apostolic business to be about the Father's business. And when you're about the Father's business, 
prosperity and wealth will overtake you. I'm a, I'm a testimony of it. That way, he said, through a pioneering business, through executive divine directors, so he can work through you. He only, listen, the Lord only works through wisdom. So as a business person, you should ask for wisdom every morning. But not only that, to be filled with the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I think that's Ephesians 1.18. He said, you will learn how to do business in the secret place, which is fasting, which is worship. You'll learn how to do business in the secret place and become a spiritual entrepreneur. Spiritual entrepreneurs don't do business as usual. I know some of the decisions I make over there, man, it just, uh, people ask me, what in the world are you doing? Just my bookkeeper. Bookkeepers in a business will always be your biggest challenge because they care. But when you put an apostolic spirit in place, if you don't have opposition, you do not have victory. Spiritual entrepreneurs have a vision that others do not. They are willing to take chances and are so willing to change. Business as usual, we are willing to take chances. But are we willing to change? Fear, that's why I love she mentioned fear. Because fear will be your greatest enemy for an entrepreneur. And we tell people here, do it afraid. Just do it afraid. Fear, rejection, and opposition. Those three, fear, rejection, and opposition are tools and a sign of promotion in motion in the kingdom. So don't feel bad if someone doesn't pat you on the back for a good job that you've done. Because you don't want man's promotion. God's promotion is always in someone rejecting you. Because the person who has rejected you is the person that's in the way in your life for that promotion. Rejection and opposition are spiritual weights. You know how we work out with weights and we pick up 100 pounds and we can barely pick it up? And then over time, we can do 50 reps. Rejection and opposition are the spiritual weights to strengthen you to the next level. So some of us are going to experience some of this in the next few weeks. But look at, look at it as a sign. Don't look at, look at it like Lee said, God is with you all the time. Don't look at it as if God is not pleased with you, that you have just failed. Because there's no failure in the kingdom. There's only mistakes. Your failures went away when you accepted Jesus. There's only mistakes. And if there wasn't mistakes, God couldn't build you.
I made so many mistakes before I came to the Lord. When I came to the Lord, I made more mistakes. I said, Lord, what is this? He said, you shouldn't have signed up with me if you didn't think you were going to make some more mistakes. But I have a God who uses them now. Isn't that awesome? Facing and overcoming the rejection and opposition is what will, what will make you fit for advancing the kingdom and business. The Bible says not to be unequally yoked. Because you could have a heart to advance the kingdom, but your partner doesn't. And what happens if you see this in the spirit realm? It looks like this. Both of them are opposed to one another. And nothing is getting done. Except the curse is being elevated. That's one thing good about the wisdom tabernacle table that the Lord had me pull together. Because we can, we can help people to not get yoked with the wrong people. They force you into the greatness of the Lord. Rejection. I know a lot of you have been through rejection a lot this past year. It is forging you. It forges you into his greatness. Because I remember when I came, came to the Lord and I, had, I said, Lord, I'm bringing all my greatness to you. So you can use it. He said, no, thank you. <laughs> You're going to use my greatness, not yours. <laughs> no, thank you. And he said it so gently. No, thank you. <laughs> Listen, it's not good enough just to die for Christ. You must live for him. That ought to be on the waiting room of every office. It's not good enough just to die for Christ. You've got to live for him. You will find that the call to an apostolic business will cost you more than your life. It will cost you your doctorate. It will cost you your achievements. It will cost you what you learn in four to eight years of college. Because he wants you to boast in him. Not in what you have accomplished. Paul's greatest price was to let go of his achievements. And his great learnings for the apostolic anointing. God, if you keep coming to train the rain. And you keep, go through this whole year. God's going to release me to release the apostolic spirit. On the apostolic entrepreneur. And your business will soar. Everything doubles. When the apostolic comes. Apostolic anointing. I love that. It will never be said. That you rose up because of your doctorate. Or your greatness. Or your great learning. It will be said. That you are an example. Of the grace of God. God builds his kingdom. 
through grace and truth. He's going to build your business through grace and truth. But you have to die. But you also have to live for him, not yourself. That's how you get successful in the kingdom. And then the world will take note of you. Because, listen, grace gives you access to people and places. If God has put an entrepreneur spirit on you, then he has also given you the anointing to create wealth. And man, we've created it. And we have built our glory and forgot about his covenant that he was trying to establish with the power that we were born into. That's a power that you're born with, an entrepreneur power. He gives you that power. That's why you can be broke, busted, and disgusted this year and a million, a million multi-billionaire in a few years from now. It's a vicious cycle. When we first opened up our, I believe it was Train to Rain, um, he said, Gene, look out there. There's, there's some millionaires that aren't millionaires anymore. And um, he said, but you still are. He said, what do you think the difference is? And, you know, when you're talking to the Lord, you don't tell him what you know. You stay silent. And he said, the difference is they were working under an ever, under a neverlasting covenant. But you're working under an everlasting covenant. Neverlasting, not it's never going to last. You can be a millionaire next year. It might last a few years. But you're going to be begging again. The everlasting covenant will not take anything from you. It will prune you so that you can bear more fruit. I'll never forget the... the and I'm, I, I like excellence. And our work and everything. Because God wants us a spirit of excellency on everything. But I took so much pride in our jobs. And our estimates. And I got a hold of a. I bid a $3 million project over on Wheaton Street. Uh, old Neighborhood Resource Center. Where the old Air Force thing used to be right there. We built that whole thing over there. And um, we were low bid. And two or three months into the job. It was a one year job. These specialty contractors started going bankrupt on me. Now, when you say a specialty contractor, they specialize in things that other contractors can't do. So to replace those contractors is almost impossible. So I said, what in the world is going on here? Because it was a competitive bid. And I wrestled with that and wrestled with that. And then finally, the housing authority chief calls me into his office and with the architect of the job. And they, they want to call the bonding company because they knew the situation I was under finding these other contractors. And I tell you, that something rose up in me. And that authority chief was a Christian. I saw it in his eyes. 
And I said, sir, if I have to sell my house to get this job done, I will sell my house. That's all it took for him. He looked at the architect and he said, he's going to finish that job. You have to uphold integrity when it costs you everything. Integrity isn't integrity until it touches your money. And you uphold your name more than you uphold the money. But God said to me, he said, Gene, I've allowed this to come into your life because I'm pruning you. I'm cutting you back. And all my friends would call me and say, what in the world have you done? I felt like Job. But four years later, he used that $3 million project for an $80 million project. But I would not have been able to carry that kind of load if he hadn't processed me through grace to carry it. It had to be done in a year, a year and a half. And we finished it. And the developer went bankrupt and we still finished it. He left us hanging a million bucks. But the Lord said, you're going to finish it. We finished it. Integrity. will get God's attention every time. Every time. Pay your bills. Do what's right. Pay your bills and do what's right. And honor people. We are servants. We have to serve in business. We have to serve in business. This project, this, this business is not about you. God birthed you into it. It's his business. Amen. So I'm proud of you. Thank you for your testimony. For the first time, she did great for a testimony. <laughs> Thank you. But see, that's what the Lord is going to use with Train to Rain and the, and the table, um, the Wisdom Tabernacle table, is to help businesses advance the kingdom. And listen, you'll never prosper till you advance the kingdom. Amen. Come on up and close. Praise the Lord. All right, let's just bow our heads and lift up our hands. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for this message today. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit that helps us to hear and see what message you're trying to teach us. Lord, I thank you for leading us down a path and that you walk among the myrtle trees and that we recognize that you're, if you're willing to prune us or whatever you're trying to do with us this year, that you're going to work through the renewing of our soul. So, Lord, we just... Thank you for that you want us to prosper in all things. And you want to lead us down a road and that you are with us. And that you are guiding us into the expansion of the truth and the wisdom and the knowledge of your son Jesus Christ as our governmental head. And Lord, I thank you. As you expand, we will yield and surrender to this change. So Lord, we honor you. We glorify you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.